know, I put a lot of weight into the scriptures, and to me, these were the Word of God. The scriptures were the Word of God. At the time, my mind believing that God was a guy that spoke only through certain people at certain times, I relied very heavily on these these scriptures. And the LDS Church would call them the standard works. Includes the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and of course the Book of Mormon and a Doctrine and Covenants. In addition to that, something called the Pearl of Great Price. So these scriptures ended up actually being a means by how I left um, the church and transitioned away from that into practice my practice of spirituality. I want to talk a little bit about how that happened, kind of shed some light on what made me question things and kind of give me the ultimate bump that I was already kind of feeling to do, the urge to do, and gave me the kind of nudge to, to do the last move of leaving. So in the previous podcast, I spoke on a particular scripture written on a blog post, like an LGBT writer was blogging about their leaving the church and something hit me in that first couple of paragraphs of the blog post. I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was it was definitely near the beginning. And it was quoted from Mormon in the Book of Mormon, Mormon chapter nine, verse twenty seven, which is Begin as in times of old and come unto the Lord with all your heart and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling before him. So this was an interesting scripture for somebody in that position to quote. And I was like, well, what did they, what are they into? How are they interpreting the meaning of this? And so I thought about that and I was already kind of in a state at the time of finding my way out, but that scripture hit me with like a power of like, yeah, you know what? It's scary to leave. It's, it's like confronting a fear. Oh, if I leave like my soul, what's going to happen to my soul? And so there is fear and trembling. But what happens is when you approach the fear and you approach that um, moment of leaving and making the decision to leave and you step into the dark, it, the lot, the light moves with you and it is a scary moment because you have no idea what's going to happen on the other side of that move. You have no idea, but it's, it's true faith. It's an exercise of true faith because you, you're leaving an old paradigm. You don't know what's on the other side. The current paradigm doesn't, uh, fulfill you, so to speak, or fill you. And so you, you have, you want to leave, but you're not sure how you're not sure what the next step even is. So for me, that fear was the resistance of change. I had been ignoring and putting off for years because I was so unhappy about the religion I was in. I loved the scriptures. Don't get me wrong, but the church was just driving me bonkers. And for some people it does not drive them bonkers. So this is not a diss on the church. This is simply just how it was for me. I literally hated going to church because I just felt like I was around people that had no 
no analyzation of the word that was in the scriptures past whatever interpretation was handed to them. So it was really hard to have deeper conversations of spirituality and sort of quote unquote the mysteries of God, but with with people in the church. There were a few people and some friends and even my own family, but anyway. So I'm thinking about this LGBT person and how hard would it be for someone in that particular community to just own their stuff and step into the spotlight of fear? Think about that for a minute. They have a strong connection with God or else they wouldn't be quoting scripture in their blog post. But for whatever reason, they don't feel that the message resonated with them. In this case, obviously, because they felt bisexual or homosexual. And, of course, the church uh, doesn't really have a understanding or you know revelation, if you will, on what that sort of um, sexual attraction really is. So for people like this person, it feels very ostracizing to even be a person like that when it comes to the church. This is a very courageous act, and I, I saw that in the verse that they were quoting. I just saw the courage. I saw how they're willing to step into fear and see what happens to challenge God, to throw the gauntlet down and say, you know what? I'm in this weird position. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. I don't want it anymore, so I'm walking away from it, even though I've been told my whole life this is where I ought to be, this is what I should do, etc. And so I'm walking away, but God, I'm not walking away from you. And when I again, when I use the word God, it just means that you're not walking away from in this case some higher truth. Let's just make it very generic. Okay. Because this podcast honestly is not for the agnostic. It's not for the atheist, although if if for some reason you fall into those categories and you're listening to these words and you're like, "Hmm, interesting. Feel free to continue to listen." But I'm really interested in those that that have a leaning towards spirituality but aren't sure where to go. <laughs> Well, where was the truth for this LGBT person? Where was their truth? Who was fighting in their corner, so to speak? Well, the honest answer here is no one except themselves. And so you have this truth that exists within you. And have you been living truth that's outside of you from other people? Are you living other people's truths? Or are you going to really be who you are? Are you going to question everything about your upbringing? And questioning your upbringing doesn't mean you're putting it into a context of wrong, incorrect, bad, evil, or some sort of categorical mistake. Questioning what your beliefs are is simply putting them against uh, putting them out into a state of um, non-bias analyzation. So this would mean like, are you going to like really take 
all of those things that you believe are true, you're going to take all those things that you believe and that you hold dear to yourself, and are you going to put them on the table and say, I guess I don't know for sure, and something doesn't make sense here, so God, show me the way. So this verse in this context was a step for me to realize just how difficult it is for someone who has the honest relationship with God or Jesus and how that just doesn't always mess with the teachings of religion or who they are inside. So this state of utter confusion, if you will, is really hard for LGBT people, LGBT people in the church. Um. And so I, I, I looked at this, and I actually kind of marveled at it. It takes real courage to challenge a collective belief and step into your own right. This is the fear and trembling that spoke to me that day. So this ex-Mormon had a choice to make. That choice was between believing in a God of fear and shame and judgment and condemnation and anger, and you've got to live a specific way, or else you know you don't get the quote-unquote blessings, which I... I mean, what are blessings? They're conditionally based gifts from heaven. Or are they going to believe in a God that is truly unconditional when it comes to love? Love that has no bounds. Love that does not not exist. Love that is pure and untainted and holy without condition. There's really... I mean, if you if you plug love into this, it can be either. Sorry, when you plug un, unconditional love into this idea that it, it does have a condition, then it's not unconditional. It just isn't. Like, no matter how you want to box it, oh, God loves us unconditionally, but you have to, la, 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 just fill in the blank. God loves you unconditionally, but you've got to get baptized or you've got to, you know, pray every day or you've got to, you know, you're not going to get blessings if you live that way or if you, you know, go drink or whatever. I mean, literally the conditions that men come up with are endless. <laughs> I mean, just think about how difficult this would be for somebody. And in that position, they have this strong inclination for a sexual drive that is, you know, counter to the teachings of the church, yet they feel a strong bond with God still. How does this work? How does this, how does this happen? And they still feel that bond with God even in the practicing of their sexual preferences. So how does that work? Anyway, you can see it doesn't really jive with the church, and what they tell you is that you're listening to the wrong spirit. You're listening to the spirit of the devil. In 1 John chapter 4, we read... My beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. And he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So, this to me is very clear. Those that are filled with the love of God are literally filled with God, because God is love. So, when we talk about God in this context, on this episode... We're talking about the unconditional love that we receive from an entity of higher understanding towards us, no matter what it is we do in our life. There's no condition here. So 
all of a sudden, when I started looking at this and I started seeing a lot of other contradictions in the scriptures, and they're subtle, they're not like obvious or blaring, but they're there. And to be honest, when you, I mean, I've all, I always noticed them, but I thought there's something here I don't understand. And maybe the contradiction will disappear when I understand it. And it just never did, but I didn't consider it something that was blaring enough to like get me to disbelieve in the scripture. So for me, it was like, oh, there is contradictions here, but whatever, I'm just, I don't understand them. Uh, sorry, I held the scriptures as the only source of God's word. And all, really what this was doing was because I said, I'm only going to receive further light and knowledge from these books or from, uh, you know, one of the quote unquote called men of God in the church. I was boxing my myself in mentally. I had literally created walls and how God could speak to me. Now, would God still speak to me regardless of my beliefs? You bet, because there's no conditions, right? So he's always talking to you, and you're always going to feel his love. doesn't matter where you're at. Um, but for me, I realized I was literally boxing my myself in of how God to talk to me to these books and to this church. And it was clear to me that this was cutting me off from advancing spiritually. So I, I realized that I had to make a change in my life. I didn't know it at the moment what that change was. It's just like I was saying, you, you, you have to kind of walk up against your fears. Of course, fears are created from the ego. And the, what is the ego? You've probably, everybody's heard that word. What is the ego? Well, it's exactly what um, is defined as the natural man in the Book of Mormon. Okay, so let me read that to you in case you haven't read it in a while. So that the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ. Now, let me clear up that scripture a little bit. First of all, the ego is the natural man. What is the ego? It's your set of beliefs. It's your conditions that you've built around your idea of the universe. It's your belief systems from childhood that your parents put on you, that your teachers put on you, that your church leaders put on you, that your friends put on you, that your girlfriends put on you, that every single person, a media, media, movies, games, it doesn't matter. You've gained all these belief systems, a lot of them unconsciously. And this is your worldview. This is how you see the world. Typically, these are going to be the main areas of your worldview are going to fall in line with like trauma, traumatic experiences, trauma in your life. And so you're going to see the world from that perspective if you haven't yet healed. Okay, so I'm just going to walk through the scripture. The ego is an enemy to God. This is true. The ego lies. That's all it does. It's the father of lies. It's very much the concept of Satan. So it's an, it's an enemy to God, has been since the fall of Adam. This just means 
when we inc- started the, our incarnations and will be forever and ever unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the truth that's in you that I keep talking to you about. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. So there is nowhere where he is not. He's infinite and omnipresent. Okay? I mean, just hold to that concept for a minute. So that spirit of God dwells inside of you. And that's the truth that speaks to you. And it corrects your thinking. The real um, spirit corrects your thinking to align with reality. And so becometh a saint. Well, a saint could be anything here. It could be a, a, realize, a, a self-realized individual. It, basically what it is is Jesus. It's, it's a person that realizes their... Um, the, who they are, they're self-realized, and they no longer walk with the ego. Instead, they walk with the spirit. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, and they use the atonement of Christ. Okay, so I'm not going to go through the rest of the scripture there, but let's talk about the atonement for just a minute. The atonement is not equal to repentance and guilt. It doesn't mean that you've done something wrong, and it doesn't mean that you've now got to um, use some sort of formula to take advantage of the atonement. It's funny because Mormons will go around saying the atonement is infinite. It's an infinite atonement. Well, what does that cover? Everything but something? No. No, it covers everything. Why, why then is that fair? It's because nothing... The question here is... If there's not conditions on how to use the atonement that's infinite, then how is it fair that I have to do X, Y, and Z, and this person can go and live their life, you know, doing whatever they want? Well, in truth, you're both doing the same thing. You're simply just living without the Spirit as your guide. And that Spirit is your, is your Spirit, it's God's Spirit, whatever you want to call it. It's the Spirit of God. It is already one with God. And so, um, I don't want to get off track here, but that inner feeling, that truth, well, let me finish up with the atonement. So the atonement, there's so much that could be said on this. I don't want to dive into it right now. But to be honest, like the atonement is just, it's, it's not like an act performed by Jesus. It's just this thing that God granted everybody and gave it to us because this is the whole point is we, we like are learning or remembering or coming into union with God. And it doesn't matter what we're, what we've done. Like don't feel guilty. I mean, feel guilty, but then don't feel guilty. Guilt is just a sign that you've, you're out of alignment with God, right? But if you if you dwell in the guilt, then that doesn't serve you either. So the atonement is simply this concept of how you can at any moment turn towards God. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, let's let's keep going here. So I realized I had to make a change in my life 
to follow that inner feeling. Well, that's not logical. You're following your, I'm following my heart. That's not logical. Why would you do that? That doesn't make sense. No kidding. It doesn't make sense. It makes love. It makes heart sense. <laughs> my, so my choice was between, do I continue to follow my lit, analytical, logical thinking mind to drive my path, which just says, I've been told X, so I need to do X. I've been told Y, I need to perform Y. And I was getting nowhere. I was spinning my wheels. Or I can follow my heart and see where that goes. And that's a scary path, initially at least. In fact, it it's always brings a little bit of, um, I don't want to say anxiety, but it brings, it brings a, a bit of um, excitement because you don't know what's around the corner. You're just kind of walking with the Spirit and seeing how God will direct your life. And when you really uh, union with Him in this, then you begin to see what it's like to to be closer to God, actually. And I'm not saying that people in the church aren't already doing this to some extent. This is just where I, I wasn't, you know, and I grew up in the church, I studied everything, and I didn't really fo- fully comprehend these concepts. You know, I, I prayed, and I asked for guidance, and blah, 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 and did all those things. But I had also said, well, I'm going to live in this way, and that's it. And so if anything came up that was like contrary to how I was going to live, that was Satan trying to get me to not, to, you know, to not follow God, so to speak. And, and maybe, just maybe, that voice isn't Satan. Maybe that voice is the Spirit telling you how to live your truth. So it's written in Matthew 10, 35 through 37. For I, this is Jesus, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. What does that mean? What is Jesus talking about here? He's literally saying he's coming. Like when you think about Jesus as this loving person, you don't think of him as someone that's going to come and cause separation or cause people to be at variance against each other. And yet here he is literally spelling it out in detail. So what is he talking about here? Well, he's basically saying that there's going to be people that that do follow the Spirit and, and live their life. And in some ways, their siblings, their parents, their friends, their relatives, their whoever, are going to judge them for that. What are you doing? You're stepping away from the tradition. You're stepping away from everything you've been told. What's wrong with you? You've lost your mind. And you can respond and say, yes, <laughs> I have lost my mind and I'm being reborn and I'm getting a new mind, a mind that is in line with my path, whatever path that is for you. And I really honestly hope you can find it because when you do, your life becomes so much more meaningful and you do honestly feel the love of God each day in a different way. At least I did. So for me, (laughs) you know, Jesus is basically saying, look, follow this truth no matter what, no matter what. So for me, that feeling was telling me that my spiritual evolution, which I truly honestly cared about, was not going to happen any further in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
had I spiritually evolved? Yes. But my, my personal evolution was no longer progressing for a number of reasons. And they're personal to me. I mean, I could share them with you, but you may not even connect with them. They may not resonate with you because everybody's got a different perspective. So I had to make that choice. It was hard, very, very hard. And in fact, I questioned myself so much. My analytical mind, my ego kept coming back to me and saying, you're making a mistake. How could you walk away from this? That's just Satan. He's got you. In fact, Satan will say, there is no Satan. And, and thus he grasps you with his chains, his awful chains, and drags you steadily down to hell. So that was very scary for me. I had to step out into fear and tremble before spirit to find my truth. Is that not courage? Is that, that not a spiritual concept? I hadn't actually had any major spiritual evolution for years in the church. It was wearing on me, but I didn't know. I was so clueless. I'd read so many books. You know, Joseph Smith studied everything, but I just couldn't find what it was I'm finding. Wanted, wanted, and the truth of the matter is, is I was not having an experience that my soul was yearning for, and that experience was a a, a spiritual experience. And I'm not talking like, oh, I felt the spirit because I prayed or this thing happened. I'm talking about a true sacred experience. I mean, I'd been to the temple, which is, you know, what they call the house of God in Mormonism, where, um, you know, I won't get into the details, but essentially God can come to this temple, any temple he wants, and 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 kind of walk the halls. That's what the, sort of the, the sayings are, and it's just supposed to be a very strong spiritual feeling there. And I never felt that very strong. And I certainly didn't have any sacred experience in the temple. So I had to ask myself, what is coming to know God? Because that's the path that I was on. I was on searching for this, you know, who's God? What is my life about? What is this universe about? And why is Jesus on a cross? I really wanted to understand this stuff. And it wasn't making any sense. I was asking, like, is knowing God just learning about this at, you know, learning about his attributes, learning about Jesus's life, learning about, you know, how the interactions, the historical interactions of like between God and man. Um, was it continued diligence in my attendance to church, temple and callings? Was that how I would come to know God? Was it like one day if I just endured all the way to the end of life doing this same thing, which wasn't bringing real satisfaction or fulfillment Was that going to bring me to know God? Remember, Jesus literally was one with the Father. He said that. And he also said that he prayed that we could be one with him as he is one with the Father. So I I didn't feel one with Jesus. Is it raising a family and sacrificing self to that end? Is that what knowing God was? Is it just giving up self? Like Jesus said, you know, he essentially said, not my will but thine be done which I'll get into in a later episode, which is a beautiful thing. That's just, again, more ego. Ego didn't want to go through with what he, what he was, his mission of showing forth unconditional love, embodiment of unconditional love. So is it struggling through a difficult marriage? Was that coming to know God? 
oh, you know, I, I'm not going to divorce. We're temple marriage. So, you know, I'm not going to do that because that's, you know, that's not the right thing. I just need to stay here. Is it admitting that you aren't enough and must be saved due to some unworthiness or, or powerlessness of shame and guilt? Is that coming to know God just like finally admitting, hey, I'm not good enough? I mean, I don't know about you, but God made man in his own image, right? What does that even mean? <laughs> well, he, he looks like us, Britain. He, you know, he's a, he's a human-looking personage. Yeah, I, I guess the infinite can take a form that looks like us, but he's, I mean, by definition, infinity is not definable. It's undefined. It's division by zero. <laughs> you cannot define God. He's just everything. He just is. And any form that he decides to take, he takes. So for whatever, whatever purposes he has, he works in our life. He made us in his image. What does that mean? Well, I would imagine that this means that he, he, he created us just like he is, which is a creator and capable of being limitless. So this ultimately led me to a new path when I started asking all these questions and how that path was kind of unfolded with me. Like it was just, it just happened through friends, new connections, books. Um, books were a big part of it because that's my that's my kind of God language. It's not my only one, but God speaks to me a lot through books as I've loved the scriptures. And yet I just loved the scriptures and I wasn't really branching out. I mean, I'd read a lot of ancillary church material, history of church, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I even dabbled in Apocrypha and other types of, you know, books that have been translated from ancient times and found all sorts of things. But when it came to like, you know, modern spiritual teachers, masters, philosophers, that was just, they're just crazy, right? Because I've got a prophet in the church and he knows he's talking to God. He knows what's up. So this new path was this, this path that I felt like, oh, no more am I going to have a person an organization, or a book between me and God. And I, I literally put it all on the table and I said, here it is. Here's all my beliefs. Here's everything that I love. And it was really hard for me. And I said, fine. I don't, you know what? Take it. Show me the truth. And just like that, things started opening up. And it was like amazing. It was amazing. And all of a sudden I started learning all these new things and it just resonated with me. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I could have, in fact, I probably was introduced to some of these things over the years, but none of it resonated with me because I wasn't ready. So sometimes, you know, people aren't always at the same place as you are. Um, this new path is called the path of self-realization. It's to realize who you really are. And your connection to spirit. It is to come to know our true power in essence. It is to, like Jesus said, be one with the Father. Okay, that's a big statement. Britain, where did you start this? You were just talking about working out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
yeah, well, that's where my past started. So yet this is going to be, this is kind of a heavy podcast because I'm, I'm talking to you about coming to know God. I'll just be straight up. I haven't actually had that experience fully, but I've had it in such greater orders of magnitude than I did in the church and doing the things that I was doing again, doing the things it never, these things never happened to me. The amount of inspiration, revelation, um, just understanding about me and who I am, all these questions that I had for years were answered just so quickly. Almost couldn't even handle it. It's like a fire hose got turned on and it was just like, I was like, okay, enough. And, but I asked for it. And, um, so yeah, this is, this is going to sound strong. I'm talking about the path of self-realization. It is the path to know God like Jesus did and like he's encouraging us and showing us the way as a man, how to become one with God. Well, you're already one with him. What if I told you that? You just got to realize it. And realization, knowledge and realization is very different. Experience is is uh, is very different. So yeah, yeah, we can talk, we can read all day. We can we can practice meditation. We can do all these things and pray and fast and do all these quote unquote spiritual things. You know, until we're blue in the face. But until we actually come to know God, we we haven't made the true progress. So Jesus knew God intimately. I mean, his life and mission was to show us the path of union. Okay. He he said this. He said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, yoke here is union and burden here is message. So he's teaching this. My union is easy. My my message is light, meaning it's not a heavy message. It's just simple. What is yoke? Well, I mean, everybody knows that's heard this scripture. It's it's that you know device that hooks two animals together. In most cases, it's the example of an ox or a couple of oxen, and that synergy is then kind of the energy is synchronized so that they can move a lot more than when they're alone. So yokes are used on animals to to halt to, to turn them into into uh, you know moving things essentially. But let's talk about that word yoke. So that word yoke, which means union, comes from the Greek word, the translated Greek word zygos. And this word in Sanskrit is yog. And I know what you're thinking right now. It sounds a lot like another word I know. Yoga. So yoga and yoke have the exact same meaning. It is simply to union yourself with God. Now, hopefully you've been, hopefully you've had some exposure to yoga. Yoga is a practice um, that was brought from the middle, from the, from the East, from India. And well, actually I can't say it's just from India. Honestly, there's yoga practices from all over that place in the world. 
Um, India is a big one, but uh, you know, you've got Tibet and you've got um, uh, China and other places where this sort of knowledge was practiced. So the practice of yoga, which is not exercise, like that is, I, I don't know how many different techniques of yoga there exists, but um, hatha yoga or just the postures of asanas is not the yoga Jesus was talking about. The yoga that's practiced in the West at scale is the asanas or hatha yoga, and it's just postures. It's good exercise. It certainly is helpful for your body. So what is it then? Well, see, the yogis practiced asanas because it, it helped their body to get into a state that allowed them to meditate for long periods of time. So I'm not going to go into, into that too, mu- too much, but that was basically what the practice of asanas were, so that you could master breathing and master um, your essentially physical vehicle so that you could be still for a long period of time. Um, so yoga is practiced is the practice of union, and to yoke with the spirit is to no longer see the world through the eyes of a body and limited mind. It is to see the world with a spiritual eye and to meld the mind and body and spirit into a single beingness, and that beingness of mind, body, and spirit is the Holy Trinity actualized. It's the word made flesh, if you will. So when we union or yoke ourselves to the spirit, we are one with spirit. Now, this isn't something that just happens overnight. You've got to work at it. And I will say, though, that my connection to God and spirit is the greatest it's ever been in my life. And I read the scriptures less than I ever did. And I pray in a very different way than I used to. But I can, I feel it because I've moved my perception from the thinking mind, ego, natural man, and moved it towards spirit or the heart which is love. This is the, the path that I'm walking, and it's, it's been extremely um, impactful in my life. It's made, uh, anyway, it's, I've made huge changes in my life because of this. So this is um, a yogi master, a fully self-realized yogi master would tell you that this is what your purpose is. Okay. I'm not going to tell you your purpose, though. You can find that out. You just need to look one place. There's just one place for you to look, and it's inward. You just set the intention. That's it. You don't need, there's no formal ordinance, there's no performance that you need to do. You just need to set the intention. And be willing to look past all your beliefs. And that doesn't mean you have to forego them because a lot of them actually full, coming full circle to this, you know, walking away from the church um, has led me back to a lot of my old beliefs 
but just in a brand new light and a brand new way of understanding, it's much more meaningful to me. And so, yeah, you don't, you don't end up throwing things out. What you end up doing is understanding the things you believe and how they actually align with reality. So this is the way to know God. And I hope you'll join me on this path. It's a beautiful path. It's a, it's a fully unique and individualized path. And your helper is the Holy Spirit. And I might also say that there's a lot more help too. It isn't just Jesus. It isn't just the Holy Spirit or God. It, it, it's all these other beings, your guide, um, those that have passed on already, and those that are going to incarnate soon. All of these people are conspiring. All these entities, if you will, are conspiring for you. And you are with so much, you have so much help at your disposal. It's going to literally shake you when you die and wake up and realize, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Because we do, we forget, and that's the point. We have to have, we have to forget who we are and finally and this whole life is designed to do this we're given so much opportunity catalyst experience trauma pain whatever you want to call it all of that is handed to us that we'll do one thing that will finally question reality that we were the, the reality that was handed to us as a child and that we'll finally say Okay, I'm ready. Show me. And when you do that, he shows you. And it's not a he, it's just the universe. I hope you'll walk this path with me and at least maybe just be a bystander. But feel free to pass this podcast along to any of your friends you feel like might it might be useful for them. Um, part of the way we help each other and we wake the world up is we pass, uh, pass along things that, you know, we feel inspired to do so. Thanks for listening today. Looking forward to sharing my next message with you. Have a great day. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Lucid Spiritual Podcast. I'd love to hear from you and answer any questions you may have. Or if you'd like to share your story for others to hear right on my podcast, drop me a line by visiting my website at lucidspiritual.com or email me at love at lucidspiritual.com. Let's wake up the world together. Have a blessed day.